0: Up. We're going to crank these engines up on one, on one. All right. Wait, Eddie, what is it? Drivers, start your engines! What's the Larry Parker? This is the finish line. I coached a great offensive line in the past. Larry Little,
1: White Stevenson, Jim Langer, all Hall of Famers, and
0: Richmond Webb belongs to that same group. Here are your hosts legendary Miami Dolphins left tackle Richmond Webb, Reason, and Mr. Ballgame. What is good, Fit Nation? What's good? It's your boy Reason. And we are back for another one as we meet y'all at the finish line. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the legendary Richmond Webb, the Triple OG, Mr. Keeping It 100, Mr. Keeping It Real, Mr. Doing 600 miles per hour in his truck on the freeway, Mr. (laughs) Don't Pull Up On Me and No Home Depot, Mr. Ballgame. (laughs) What's good gentlemen? How are you doing? We are officially coming off of a victory. We're in that middle of the week where we're coming off a victory and transitioning into a new opponent as the Dolphins got back to practice today. um, Jackson did not practice. We'll go over today's injury report. We'll do it all. I want to shout out the Believe Network. If you are not watching us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 8.30, you are catching us the next day. So good morning, good afternoon, good night, whatever you're enjoying on the next day, whether you're listening on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're catching us, I appreciate everyone for tuning in and hope you all enjoy. Gentlemen, how are you feeling after celebrating the first Victory Monday of hopefully many this year and this season?
2: Reason. What's up, Mr. Ballgame? Gentlemen, uh, I think everybody's doing pretty good. Um, like you said, 1-0 and starting the season outright um, and then starting the season outright gets a divisional opponent, uh, mm-hmm. New England Patriots. Um, they've been a thorn in our side along with a lot of other people's for over two decades. But I do believe the tide is turning and uh, I think even when we did the previous shows or whatever, we knew how important it is those divisional games are. And uh, they're out there normally a tough game, this and that, but uh, definitely excited, seeing some really good things in the game. But I also saw some things we possibly could clean up. But it's it's week one, game one, and that's kind of to be expected. But um, to be 1-0 and right now, um, it definitely feels good. definitely feels a whole lot better than being 0-1, especially – Uh, playing at home in front of that crowd and stuff like that. So I'm feeling uh, pretty good, excited, happy to be back on the show with you two guys. Uh, How is Mr. Orange Bucket, Mr. Ball Games? What's going on, my brother?
1: Oh, man. (laughs) All these different names. I'm getting
0: confused. (laughs) It's all good. Now you're Mr. Man of Many Names. We just added another one, bro.
1: It's all good, fellas. I'm just – I don't know, man. I got mixed feelings, but – I understand football a lot differently than a lot of our fan base. So, you know, I've been watching a lot of stuff out here over the past couple of days. But I see things a little bit different, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But I'm just glad that uh, we got the win most of all. That's the most important piece. Obviously, I've been saying for months that there's going to be things that need to be cleaned up and things they're going to have to work on. But, you know, overall, I'm okay with where we are. Um, I think it's a pretty decent showing as opposed to – Anything else, we could have took took the L and then there have been a whole lot more. So at this point right Mm -hmm. now, um, I'm okay. And uh, as always, happy to be here with you guys.
0: All right, let's start this off. I'm going to hit you all with a curve because every time (laughs) I send these guys notes of what we're going to be talking about on that day. So officially the first curveball. If you guys have been on Twitter over the last 72 hours, the talk has been Tipgate. I don't know if you guys have been catching up on it, and it's about the first play of the game, whether Matt Judon tipped it or not. Um, the, the, you remember that when uh, Waddle was running the curl at the bottom of the screen and Tyreek looked like he was on an option route or he just decided to change the route and turn the curl into a fly, you know, that one that died out early? Well, there's been a lot of people watching All-22, the broadcast views. I watched the All-22 yesterday, and I did it on FinSide the NFL, and I said, listen, this is the conclusion I've come to. Judon either tipped it or Tua was throwing the curl and because of the pressure coming right away, he threw to a spot while Tyreek optioned it, right? So into a fly. So anyways, so after that I had to um, I had to record a piece I was on um, Dougley Durong today We did a pick' about every every uh, game. so if, if you guys are on YouTube go check Dougley Durong out and our pick' show. and um, anyways, I guess we were tagged on Twitter um by shout out to shad the prince i believe was the person who tagged us and this this gentleman slowed it down frame by frame rate by rate i'm gonna show you guys this i want to get your opinion because you guys are fresh to this you guys have not been keeping up on Tipgate or whatever i saw this angle gentleman. it looks like it hits matt judon's face mask And I know you guys are saying to yourself, why is everyone making a big deal about it? I don't know. It's not the Zapruder film, but we're out here acting like we're solving the JFK assassination on Twitter when it's a tip football. And you know what it is. It's the whole arm strength narrative, et cetera, et cetera, right? Y'all know what it is everybody. I'm going to show you guys the clip frame by frame. And it, it, gentlemen, it looks as if I'm just saying it looks as if it, the original thought was it grazed his arm, Judon's arm. But it looks as if um, it grazes his helmet. So look at—I'm showing you guys frame by frame. I'm letting it roll. Look, and then the ball—the trajectory dies right. And if you watch it, watch it come across his helmet. That's when it changes trajectory. Like it looks straight out, like he's gunning it right, and then it hits that helmet. And look, you saw the—yeah, you saw the ball. Do you see the end of the ball fly up a little bit? Watch. When it follows through, you'll see the if you look at the end of the ball right there. It fall, I don't know. It looks like it hits the helmet. I don't know. When I saw this, it, it I mean, it changes I just, a lot for me. Yeah, I because... just wanted to get your guys' opinion on this because this has been. Look at it. Looks like it. It changes right there. So we, me, Doug Lee, a bunch of um, content creators were tagged in this. And I hadn't seen it, right? Because I was doing the all twenty-two. So I was flat. I wasn't flying through it, but you can't stop it frame by frame and back it up like that, right? right. And so when I saw that, I was like, man, that looks like helmet to me. Um your guys' thoughts just off of seeing that. Cause that's the first time you guys have seen that. I'm not hitting you guys with anything sideways. It's the first time.
1: That'd be so you sent me, to, you know, you sent me the All-22. Yeah, yeah. Playoffs. Oh, yeah, you saw the All-22. So I watched it. Yeah, yeah So yeah. I watched that, and I rolled that, that clip back maybe at least three to four minutes just watching it. And mm-hmm. to me, I don't – don't, I mean, I don't, over and over again, as much video and film as i watched over the years and watching our guys after the football games preparing for other teams, the way that ball I came, came out – the way that ball came out from Tua's hand, man, and the yeah. way it died and looked – as it got past the D-line, I immediately went to saying that something hit it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Either it was tipped by the inside of his hand, but now looking at the film, it makes sense because Judon was right there in the pass lane, and his face mask, which looks like it clipped it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't know if it was a body part or if it was a piece of equipment, but it looked like, based on when it through it, how that ball died immediately the way it did, and it was changed, I was like, oh, that ball got tipped. And I moved on from it, but, you know, people...
0: People, I don't it that. Yeah. It's because of the whole arm narrative. We knew this yeah. was going to happen. Ball game. Yes, sir. Um, okay, so, you know, dude, I, I'm, I'm going to get Richmond's opinion on in a sec, but we're at that point week one where people are already breaking this stuff down. Like it's, this is a Bruder film, bro. Like, you know, th- this is already showing, you know, I know you, I hope you're right this week. I hope I'm as wrong as the sun coming up at night because right. bro, I hope you're right because I can't, I need the, I need just, and it's not even to be, you know, it's, it's well, it's just cause I don't want to listen to anything anymore. I need this kid to ball. Like, I don't even want to hear it anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just now I'm at the point where I'm backing the kid up where it's like just because I don't want to hear all the noise, you know what I mean? Like, I we can't even enjoy a win for 24 hours, and our own fan base is once again on
1: that BS, is,
0: you know, divisive against each other. And it's it's like it's it's you know, I know I've said it to you privately, and I'm going to say it publicly, probably for the first time, you know the thing about being a content creator in this is you really see the side of fans sucking the joy, you know, mm-hmm. especially when you're like, you know, you're you you're doing like five or six shows a week and you're, you know what I mean? And when you come to your game, you, especially when you win, you've worked all the, all oh. week to build up to that. And you just want to enjoy the win. Yep. And you know, you got to go back to like, killing false narratives and it's just, it's just, and like, you know, and, and having to work extra hard because you got to inform the misinformed because of the misinformation out there. It's like, it gets it, to be a bit much, man. man. Oh man. It's a, it's, you know, there's a, that's why, you know, it's easy for some of us to take the fan out of it because other fans have taken the fan out of it for us at times. So Thanks. like, you know, that's why we turn more into like people want to view us or lump us in and just journalists because, I mean, we get treated like we get treated like that and we get turned into like that by, you know, all the stuff we got to deal with. Richmond, you look at that. What did you think about d- – did it look like it changed trajectory to you? I got to get your guys' opinion on it because everyone's talking about it. And, you know, this is the <clears> final third <throat> time I'm going to talk about it. So I wanted to get what you guys thought about it.
2: Yeah, it, it needs to be the, the last time you talk about it. I mean, some yeah. of this is just nonsense. And, you know, I'll just keep scrolling or whatever most of the time. But um, – Typically, if the ball would have came out of his hand wobbling and stuff like that, that would be a different story. But for it to come out tight, you can see where it changed. And like I guess I don't know why – well, I do know why. I think a lot of people that are Dolphin fans still are not happy with Tua no matter what he does. Somebody's going to always look to find fault. And sometimes you just got to love those people from afar. That's what I do. Um you're a Dolphin fan, but it's just some people live off negativity and and some people live and just say, you know, I got to be right instead of saying, I was wrong about this, or I was wrong about that. Then say, but You could be right, but you still got to want what's best for the team. Mm-hmm. And the way I look at it is, even if you don't like him, that's our quarterback, so you got to ride with him. You know what I'm saying? We can't switch him out for nobody else. Two or three years ago, you might have wanted somebody else. You could be right. They could be a good quarterback, but they're on another team. But if you're going to support the Dolphins, you got to support them. But just to keep nitpicking, you know, stuff like that. I mean, we all make mistakes. I made mistakes as a player. No matter how great you are, no matter who you are, ain't nobody played no perfect game or a whole perfect career or whatever. So it's just part of it. You got to move on. I understand your viewpoint because, like you said, you're a content creator, five, six, seven days. You go on live, you're trying to put information out there, you're trying to educate some of the fans that maybe not have as much football knowledge, but then you gotta always try to overcome this because people are read this and then that'll help form an opinion and be like, is this true or whatever? And then you gotta fight so hard to correct yeah, a lot true, of wrongs man. and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah, but yeah. so I, I feel for your
0: Like, you know what? Like everyone knows who's watched the channel and ballgame knows me because he's he's known me since basically day one in, in this in, you know in this community or whatever and uh-huh. you know he knows I't I'm not a fan of Jerome Baker but if would I ever root against Jerome Baker like no. you know it te- me and him tease each other about no egg mm-hmm. like, everyone knows how I feel about noah monogamy but do I want no Egg monogamy to hit yes you know what I mean like I like but what? we're getting to like people are like actively rooting. it's like people are would rather be right or whatever, then, you know, see success, man. It's like, I, I don't know. So, anyways, and, I just wanted to get your guys' opinion on it. Go ahead, bogus. I
1: mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if we, if we were going to talk about it or even mention it, because I'm sure at this point, you're just as tired of all this foolishness as I am. Um, mm. I think there's a strong sense of, well, there's a divide that's been created by Bogus narratives and people out here you know what i'm saying clearly talking about stuff as if they truly know what they're talking about when you know when you when you really sit back and listen to it it's all just clickbait because at the end of the day anybody with any common sense knows that you don't root against your own squad or even by or any player that's on the squad no matter how much you dislike the player the player is still part of the organization you're supposed to be the colors over the individual person but you know they, they they've they've a lot of people have gone clearly out here and made it about individual players, and that energy is just so toxic that it takes away any any good that these guys do. There's always going to be that energy still creeping in that people are going to gravitate to, and then nitpick everything, and then increase a whole nother situation. And I'm just, I, don't, I just don't understand. Like, if that's how people really live their regular lives, then
0: you're a miserable person. I'm sorry. Well, look at how people were with Jalen Phillips. Remember how people were with Jalen Phillips over those first six games? Oh, where's the, this kid's already a bust. And like, and then he started racking up the sacks, And then it was like, oh, he's amazing. It's like, unless you're not an all pro out of the gate, like a Javon Holland, you're just like, you're going to put up with the vibe in the fan. They did the
1: same thing to Christian Wilkins for two years, bro. Hey,
0: you know, (laughs) Hey, everyone knows I'm a fan of Skylar Thompson. And I'm a fan of two. I think I like the, both of these guys, these guys ceilings in this offense. I I'm, I like both of their ceilings in this offense, what? but I'm not, I know Skyler's battling Teddy. He ain't battling Tua, but mm-hmm. people out here were out here pitting pitting Tua against Skyler when, man, a better question is, I don't know, Greg Little against Austin Jackson. You know what I mean? Mozart and Edmonds. That's a better battle for a number one. You know, Ogbud and Phillips. You know what I mean? Siler and Wilkins. You want to have a real, real who should be? paid and who should be our number one guy on defense should it be wilkins or siler that's a legitimate argument and that was a legit but no one why does and i get it because it's what you said the quarterback is clickbaity. but if we're actually going to talk football and actually be football minds why aren't we talking about that kind of stuff why why are we talking about quarterback 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 it's nauseating like there's people out here already that are selling them up the river for, and, and, you know, everyone knows how I feel. Hey man, I was the first one in this community to report Lamar Jackson to Miami back in December. No one had that before me go on any platform you want to have. Okay. So dude. And I said from the jump as a passer. listen, I love Lamar as an athlete, love the, the, he's intriguing athleticism wise and speed wise in this offense. But as a passer, you're going to pay him 45000000 million. You're going to guarantee him Deshaun Watson type of money when his body's going to break down by 30, 32 if he doesn't learn how to become a better pocket quarterback? What, what, what did Mike I, Vick have to do in Philadelphia under Andy Reid? He had to learn how to pass. And sit in the pocket, right? Yeah. And be efficient from the pocket. Yeah. And Lamar ain't there yet. And you want to go out and pay that guy $45 million a year. He's going to want to reset the market. And, he's go, and he already has turned down more guaranteed money than Russell Wilson.
1: Yeah, that's the problem, though. That's that's part of the reason why he hasn't been. Because um, he knows. Signed. I'm telling you. He I reported
0: know. it on Patreon. I'm going to tell you guys this. I don't know if I'm told, I'm told to you. I reported on Patreon. I reported it here already. His camp has convinced him Tua is going to fail. And if he wants Miami, the Ravens aren't going to franchise tag him and hold him back, and he feels like he can get Miami.
1: The problem is though that that, that, that no that plan is I going to I have to heard
0: on record. Have you ever heard of Jamie uh, Jimmy's famous seafood in Baltimore? No, it's a famous seafood place. Okay, in like Maryland, okay. and I guess he was the day we got Tyreek. He was at Jimmy's famous seafood, mm-hmm. and he said it so everyone could hear. That Dolphins team is lit. If they had me, we'd win three.
2: <laughs>
0: so Sounds like he, he's he's convinced, man. I've heard this since December that he wants this, man. So we'll see how it rolls out because uh, there's a lot going on over there, but man, there's people already after one game saying bring Lamar in. I'm done. I've seen enough. They've given him one game in the new offense. I don't when,
1: understand that. When We've been talking for months at Nausea about the fact that when you switch over and you bring in as many different new pieces as they brought in, people. I, I think, yeah, I'm going to be honest with you, I think what people really think sometimes is like,
0: I thought our running game would get going quicker than what it did.
1: Madden is like I mean, it's like Madden. That's what that's what people envision, right? That you can just go grab any player off of any team, <laughs> plug them in, and then it's yeah. just gonna immediately He's just right, click. Richmond.
0: If you're a ninety six no, 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 on I, this team, if you're a ninety six yeah. on this team, you're gonna be a ninety six on this team when I bring and, you over. And and that yep. is
1: by far not how real football works. We all know this, but yep. an yep. unfortunate casual fan. Has that mentality, and that's what's driving all of this BS, all these BS narratives and thought processes about the development of this kid and any of the other players on this team that legitimately you're not, they're not really even giving. It's just crazy, man. No one shows up polished, and if mm-hmm. they do, it's because the system that they're playing in, everybody else is already locked in. Like mm-hmm. Ma- Michael Parsons is a god, right? Yeah. But he's got a lot of good pieces on that Dallas defense, bro. Like if you look around, you can find a bunch of dudes that are th- Yeah, they're thriving, but they got a whole bunch of people already that was they was good before that person got there. Yeah, mm. yes. this Miami this Miami Dolphins offense. Let's be clear, people. This Miami Dolphins offense was crappy.
0: And can I say this too? You know, we saw some of the same things from Tua missing. You know, not you know not resetting his feet and making the throw and seeing the read. Yeah. You know, we did see some issues with him that were on tape last year, but we also saw the same issues with the offensive line. They couldn't pick up a stunt or, or a looper to pay, save their freaking life. Mm-hmm. Judon, was coming up the no. middle, bro, 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 You know, and, and I, and I know, cause I sent you the all 22, um, before you, you told me about your previous obligations or whatever. And bro, you know, Connor Williams, Fan blocking and not keeping the head on the swivel. Guy's going right up the middle, bro. Right? <laughs> like, right up the middle. You know what I mean? Like it. See, that's the thing. This is what I said. Dude, Tua's got a lot to clean up. But the offensive line's got stuff to clean up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tyreek yep. was – round. if you look at that deep dig, I showed the film. If you look at that deep dig, Tua threw it like he was going to flatten out the dig at the top of the route. But he rounded it out. And right. then I showed he still got his hands under and didn't make the catch. Tyreek's got stuff he's got to clean up. And that's a All-Pro best receiver in the NFL, arguably best athlete no doubt in the NFL, and he's right. got stuff he got to clean stuff. up. Yeah, and I, I know you stuff. guys and I know Richmond probably watched it. Yo, did y'all not see Taron Armstead look rusty at times too?
2: Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. And you going you going to see that a lot. Um like you said with this many pieces coming together, mm-hmm. um like I said, week one. The other thing you got to take into consideration, with as many people that we brought together as one unit, and now the way the um, training camp is structured, you only get one practice. You only got so many days and pads where it's yeah. hard to get your time, and it's, so yeah. it's going to yeah, take yeah. guys a couple of weeks for everything kind of comes together. But no matter what you guys say, no matter what you do. The people not gonna stop, bro. I, I don't figured it out. Nobody, yeah. you, you, you can every week it's gonna be something. I already know it. Well, can I say this? Can I are. say this? I yeah. did
0: say, and ball game knows this. And I'll admit to it. Remember, I thought I said that I thought this offense would come out and catch some team sleeping. Mm-hmm. You saw some plays on the field where they could have caught them sleeping, and this score could have been like thirty-four was- to seven. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Like yep. there was a couple times. So like the you see the potential is it, still there. And here's the thing. Listen, the good thing about four quality teams, playoff teams out the gate, basically, well, the Ravens didn't make it last year, but I mean, everyone always puts them as a playoff contender every year, right? Um, You know, you're going to find out who you are real quick. Uh Whereas, you know, a softer schedule early on, the only benefactor I see of that is with a new team like Richmond said and all these new pieces, it would give you four or five games to get your legs under you. And then when the hard part comes up in the middle of the schedule... You start, you start rolling it, right? So, right. but we're gonna find out who we are real quick, you know. And the yeah. good thing is the continuity in defense. That's Weird. that's the good thing that's holding this together, I think. Um, all right. So, I just want to quickly go over that Patriots game. Just a couple notes, because, um, so two and McDaniel undefeated. All right, McDaniel gets a Gatorade shower. One and zero. You know, Bill Belichick didn't look like he wanted any of that handshake. Um, They talked about this. I don't know if you guys heard this. Tua mentioned it in the postgame. Then McDaniel mentioned it in his um, uh, couple days later presser. And then um, they mentioned it again today. I guess McDaniel wasn't getting play calls in Mm -hmm. um, quick enough, and Tua was actually running plays. You know, he was improvising.
1: Imagine that.
0: He was improvising. The guy who can't understand a playbook, look at he's out there improvising an NFL offense. Go figure that one out, right? Anyways, um, general thoughts on the victory over the Patriots. Um, you know, I'll start you guys off with this. You know, I said it a couple of weeks ago, Derm smite tight end one, you saw the snap count. Um, and you know, Gusecki had just a little over 40% while Derm smite had a little over 60% of the snaps, your guys' thoughts, um. On the victory and specifically on the whole Gusecki thing, is it is it time to move that ten point nine million? Because it looks like it, it it's not really a benefactor to this team right now.
2: You know that 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 has been brought up between you know your ball game. I give y'all credit for that, and um, especially with the way Smites developed this and that, and I think that's one of the reasons that Gusecki got the one year deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but considering now. I think the thing you got to really consider is with the offensive line having, you know, multiple injuries, this and that. And I, would, I was thinking that Gasecki possibly could, you know, make it through this year in the way Smite's playing, in which he still might. But if it comes to a point to where we lose a couple offensive starters, offensive linemen, we, that might be bait we have to put out there to bring in another, you know, tackle or whatever to – kind of show-up thing, so um, week one and 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 you're supposed to be the starter and you're not getting the majority of the reps, That's if that's not a signal or a sign, I don't know what is, but it just shows that Mike is more around as far as blocking, you know, he's running the routes and this and that, so overall, he's probably, he's he's more polished, this and that, where I think Iseki is really good at, you know, running the routes and stuff and not as much as being a blocking tight end, but it's definitely a possibility, especially with the injuries this early in the season, mm-hmm. uh, or the question marks that we just don't know how healthy the offensive line is, that if needed be, we possibly could move him and probably bring a guy in or whatever. So that's definitely something to consider. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. I thought that was a great question to all the points you brought up. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if he happened. I, I would say that. Mm. Ball game.
1: Well, I'm going to be straight to the point. Um, <laughs> we've been going back and forth. Well, I have for a long time, right? And then when we hired McDaniels, I said right out the gate that I felt like the issues that Mike had were going to be even more pronounced in terms of his lack of being able to uh, commit to run blocking. Mm-hmm. You need a total tight end, and – Although Durham Smythe doesn't have Mike's athleticism and can't officially threaten the deep seam and do some of those things and catch those fifty-fifty balls up the no, that's not that's not Durham Smythe's strength. He is what you could consider a f- complete tight end because he can do the short and some of the intermediate stuff with you know, with great success and he can commit to the run game and your blocking schemes with no mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. And, you know, when you have a coach that really wants to try to get out of the run game, that's gonna make a guy a liability. And unfortunately, I've been mean, I have been saying this, I've been saying it over and over and over and over. And people was like, But sicky but sicky I was like, But what is his role gonna be if they've got a guy that they can trust to go in and do the one thing that he won't commit to?
0: Oh you know I okay. I know I sent you the film and you must have seen it. <laughs> yes. hey, did you see that one chip on it was either on Julon or Josh Uche. I think no, it was on Judon. Was it Uche? Uche and the, yeah. it, the chip was like, ah. Uh, and it was like, and then he like leaked out. And Uche just like, ah. Uh, and just like, but like, then, what was that? like a couple of plays later, Alec Ingold, smaller guy, but more willing, capable blocker. Guy's taking Banged feet him. on, head on, bro. Yep. Two plays in a row. Boom. Taking yep. him on, picking him up. Like Edmonds was picking up free rushers. And just and, like, ah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God. Soft and baby pool man. Dude, I've said it since last year. This guy's more worried about his little frost tips than he is Mm -hmm. about perfecting his craft, man. And you know what? I, I, you know what? Ten point nine million. You're seeing what's happening to the offensive line right now. Goodbye.
1: Yeah, because with this, with with with
0: the things that. Tanner Conner was the writing on the wall, gentlemen. The fact that Tanner Conner, a developmental guy from Idaho Idaho State, Uh as a freaking UDFA, comes in and they convert him from wide receiver, and he's one of now the fastest tight ends, technically, because he runs like a 4-3-7. Yeah, Tanner Conner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kid makes the 53 with a knee brace on, not able to even suit up. That's the writing on the wall that – Bye-bye, Gusecki. We don't need your athleticism. We got the guy in the works. And yeah, you know what? Man. That's the difference between our new staff and the old staff. Remember last year they tried to turn that basketball player, Jabril Blount, mm-hmm. into a tight end. And who? that guy's, I don't know, he's dropping what? waffle fly, fries at a Chick-fil-A somewhere right now. The, the so. Tana
1: Conner guy, I think I think the, the overall thought process of him is going to be we can just put a little more weight on him. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be perfect, and he's gonna be on the matchup nightmare because he can run routes like a wide receiver. But he's big and enough. I think he's more coachable. He's more coachable. Yeah, and yeah. You, you basically get your own Darren Waller for cheap.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, <laughs> under under Embry, a, Embry. Yeah, under Embry, Embry, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So
0: Embry yeah. developed Kittle, developed Waller. There it is. You know what I mean? I, I've told everyone no. if this guy would have dedicated to his craft, Gasecki's game would have been very similar to, bro. to Jordan Cameron. Remember Jordan Cameron before the concussion stacked up in Cleveland was like one of the best tight ends in the league and then we got him and he was concussion central and he just was nothing that was a shell of himself. Yeah,
2: but I that think, two
0: years under Embry, he was like one of the be- that they were like that's their prototype. They're almost identical players, but he would have had to become the willing and capable blocker to become Jordan yeah, Cameron.
1: I think, I think the fact that well, you know, and is is it sad though? Because Mike and his athleticism is just ridiculous. Oh right? yeah, if if you yeah. could have got a three oh just competence, role, yes, just
0: competence. Oh, it, it'd be. I'm not he, asking you to be like the best blocker in the NFL. Just competent. He'd be so nasty, bro. It's, yeah. yeah, he'd be on. He'd be. I would be on board with the whole top five talk. That some of our fan base has been spewing the past couple of years. But you know me, ball game, I haven't even been able to get on board with top ten talk. So uh-uh. um all right. Your guys' overall I'm gonna ask your guys' overall thoughts on Tua's game. I gave it in between a C plus to a B minus, somewhere in there is where I fall. Um, you know what I mean? I just there was Poor decision making at times, right? That time where he got flushed out. He could have reset his feet, saw Waddle over them over the middle early, made almost the throw, the but base. instead he forced it and it almost got picked off. Nice. Um, you know, you saw him trying to play hero ball when clearly he should have thrown it away or tucked it and take the sack and he got away with almost some fumbles. Um, you know, just I, I saw a couple I saw a couple misreads. I saw some poor decision making. I was seeing decision making that I would see of a rookie. And I was saying, but then at the same token, after saying all that, I saw fish in Tua. That's how he put up 270 yards. Yeah. Okay? You cannot be a bad NFL quarterback and put up 270 yards in a game against, guess what? That defense is still good in New England. They're not – New England's Achilles heel is not the defense, all right? Yep. It, it is, all right? So, um, you know, and honestly, ball game, because we broke down the All-22, for now it's the third year of two, um, Tua two Tuesdays. Two of Tuesdays. Listen, I saw the same guy that doesn't trust his protection at times. But I also that's saw I also, see, I saw him misreads himself, but I also saw him right. misreads because of the protection. You know what right. I mean? So, like, I, again, I'm just going to say it. Mixed bag. That's the best term I can say. It was a mixed bag for me.
1: That's true. I gave him – I mean, I gave him a C+. Plus and I gave him a C+, plus because I could see – I mean, I always watch his, – his, so, so, I'm not a big quarterback guy. But yeah. I watch quarterbacks because I want to make sure that when people are out here talking about what makes a good quarterback, I can at least see those things and identify if our guy has it or not. It is hard for me to identify all of the intangibles that I know. I believe they're there, but he can't get to showcase them because by the time he's behind the ball, his height, someone is in his face. Well, the pressure is so the pressure is so extreme that he's flushed off of the you know what I'm saying he's flushed off of his spot and he has to go try to reset or he's running for his life. You know, like for me, I saw a guy that was able to do the best he could do under the circumstances that he was given. You know, because you don't just get 270 yards in the NFL. You know, it's by happenstance. It just don't happen, right? I watched Joe Joe Burrow throw four plus interceptions on Sunday and. I know what I shout without that. They know they 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 rave him to be top three, top four. You know what I mean. And then I watch Aaron Rodgers
0: go through the same thing. You know what I mean. Isn't it funny, Aaron Rodgers guys? One of the best natural passers since Dan, the best natural passers since Dan Marino. Look at what happens when he has a shoddy offensive line and no weapons, and no weapons off, in the receiving core. Look at what happens. Yeah. Isn't that kind of crazy? Now I still think Aaron Rodgers going to come out this week and light it up, but I'm just saying. Like, it even happens to the great ones when they got nothing to work. Like, when Alan Lazard's your number one guy.
1: Yeah. And he was hurt. So, for me, week one mm-hmm. was a success because, ultimately, we got the W. Mm-hmm. And we came out of that game um, banged up, but not as banged up to the point that I have to be overly concerned. Because I think Baltimore going into week two is, is a lot worse off than we are in terms of mm-hmm. losing Staley, losing Fuller. You know what I mean? All those yeah. things. So, yeah. Um,
0: that boy Linderbaum, getting to—I saw some fall twenty-two <laughs> of him getting to the second level. Man, yeah. another center with on, bro. Oh.
1: Yeah, I um, I'm okay. Like overall, bro, I'm like really okay with where we were coming out coming out of this game. Obviously, mm. like I said, the W was great, but at the same time, I also knew that there would be these struggles. I yeah. keep and I always yeah. prefer everything with just.
0: You said since football. what, week six? Week yeah. six? Yeah, you know, I figured
1: six. it's going to take them six. Because, like, they really haven't been – they haven't really ever had a chance to really to commit to the physicality of the game yet. With the and that practices. was the first
0: time we had all of our starters out there on the same field at the yeah. same time. you know
1: what I mean? You saw all of the missed tackles. You saw all of these different things. And, I, don't, I mean, I saw people in all these different chats talking about, oh, the tackle is hard. But what do you expect? They don't get the tackle in practice. And the last time any of these guys tackled was in a preseason game that they got pulled out the t- one series. Mm-hmm. You see know what I'm saying? So how, how can you get good at something if you have a limited amount of time to actually commit to the process? That makes no sense. But, the, again, it's one of those situations where people are legitimately over and over again thinking to themselves that plug and play. The guy should be able to go out and do the same thing. But, no, they're human beings, man, and they need to practice. They need to practice their crafts to be good at their crafts. Mm-hmm. Just C plus for me for Tua. So he could have had a B minus, you know, man, if he'd have hit maybe two or three more of those wide open receivers. But I believe he'll get there. And if the over- offensive line improves, I, I would believe without a shadow without that he's going to do everything we need him to do. And the ball is going to be right where these guys need to do. And they're going to light it up because you can see how. Waddle and Hill both on the field at the same time affected how the um Patriots tried to play them, you know. what I mean, mm-hmm. they did a lot of shell stuff, man. They did a lot of rolling guys underneath, trying to put guys over the top, you know. Mm-hmm. what I'm saying they disguised a lot they of They Played a names. lot of cover three, Co- eh? a lot of cover three, yes, yes. So, you no, know, gonna be interesting. You can't man these guys up. a
0: lot, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were, uh, they were, they were definitely, but look at us, man. See, a we weren't just three. motioning. We weren't just motioning. Yeah, it was a ton of cover three. Yeah. When, which is usually like you watch. I mean, we, we've watched them the last few years, specifically closely because you do the two of Tuesdays and you see a lot of press, man. Press, you yeah. know, cover one press, and it's like cover three central over. But. Um the motions like we were even running CFL style motions like when we did Cedric with the loop, and you know, we we were we were we were showing a lot of creativity just with how we were motioning. And I gotta say this, guys, Tyreek. When he gets a free release and he gets momentum off off the motion to that release, like, oh my god, guys, unfreaking guardable. Um Richmond, what did you think about Tua? But also, what did you think about the offensive line and specifically? I thought a guy who struggled was Liam Eikenberg.
2: Yeah, um, definitely some things to clean up uh, up front. And like you said, uh, I don't know if it's Connor Williams, you know, he's typically a guard, but like you said, missing some guys coming around on on the loop and stuff like that. And I think he had maybe one or two bad snaps. So all that's got to get cleaned up, but – the other thing that I was really impressed with is, as you just said a few minutes ago, I didn't know that uh, Coach McDaniel even acknowledged that Tua has the capability that say we catch um, the defense on a nickel. He knows the offense enough to where he can speed up the offense with the weapons we got and call the plays. Because if he had to do it week one and we were having – Issues with getting the plays in, and, and and he was doing it. Just imagine if you catch, you know, if we're in a off the end uh base defense, and we got our we got a um, four wide out there, whatever. It, you, you you see the mismatch, and you can take advantage of it. So, um, to me, that tells me he's highly intelligent. He understands the offense, but there are things he needs to clean up. I think one of the things that that stood out this Sunday to me was. He did miss a couple throws, but I'm like okay with that. But, and I think this comes with time. But I think we were up and I thought he, a couple times, he should have like just threw the ball away or just, or just, just take, take the sack. When you're up 20 to seven protected, don't, don't risk sometimes forcing a turnover or getting sacked and losing the ball and, and swing the momentum and, and then they get an easy score or whatever. Sometimes it's hard to get it back. But, if he cleans those things up, yeah, he, he's he's not bad. I, like like you guys said, I think each week continually, as long as we continue to get better, by the time we hit six, seven, eight, the middle of the season and, and we're fine-tuned, you're gonna even see a better, more productive offense. And I think we all knew that the defense was gonna be the um, ahead of the offense at this point in the season. So that, that wasn't a surprise. But it gives them time to kind of catch up, but just if we get this offensive line cleaned up, like Game said, where he can really just have faith or trust that I'll have time because one minute you got time, one minute you know, you soon as you get back you got to get rid of the ball. This and that, it's hard to kind of get in the rhythm. But he played, he played good, but there are some things he need to catch up. So I, I'll say a B minus or something like that. But um, definitely got some work to do.
0: I got a great stat for you, Richmond, and I actually wanted to ask you something based off of it. So. Yeah. If Mike McDaniel wins this weekend, that's obviously a 2-0 start, and that would be the Dolphins' first 2-0 start under a new head coach um, since Jimmy Johnson started 2-0 in 96, and that would just be the second time in team history. Um, I got to ask you this, because you've been under new regimes and everything like that, and, you know, ball games alluded to the Week 6 comfortability. Do you foresee – is this one of those things where you got the 20-7 to win, you know, guys flashed, you showed a certain level of efficiency, but you know you're just going to get more comfortable in this new offense and with these guys week by week. So the production, you just feel like the execution and the production is going to get sharper week by week as you get more comfortable because I know you've been in offenses where there's been a regime change and such. So is it just a week by week thing? Because again, these guys were never on the field for a quarter or two quarters together during the preseason, there's always one, two, three guys out of the starters missing. Um, just – just I want to get your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, the, 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 I kind of split it up. I, I think the thing is, is that, like you say, with the offensive line, the key is getting healthy and getting whoever the f- starting five going to be <clears throat> having them where we can consistently have them play. You know, not week one we got this five or this week because this guy is in. If we can kind of consistently get five guys – to get together where they consistently work together, I think that's a huge plus. Um, but as far as like Tyreek, uh, Tua, Waddle, the receivers, this and that, the thing that I really like about that, and I, I noticed it during the offseason, they were just watching and stuff like that. They do a great job of communicating. So mm-hmm. I can pretty much guarantee that when they got, like you said, on that dig route or whatever, mm-hmm. We were probably told, hey, I thought you was gonna flatten it out. And he said, Oh, I rounded. Okay, I see it. So next time when that comes up, if I know you want me to flatten it out, I will, but if I if I have to round it up, you'll know why. But that's the dialogue that happens between teammates and, and I I had an opportunity to experience that with Duper, Clayton, and Marino. And it was just a thing of magic when we would get in like two minutes or or speed it up. And Dan would say, "Okay, if he's playing you this way, that way, I want you to run this. If he does this, this and that, he would give him three or four options, mm. and he just knew. But they were all in sync, and when that comes together, that's gonna be that's gonna be scary. Because when I saw Waddle catch that, I guess that was a quick post or whatever. He caught it, and the guy missed him. I was like, the speed we got, we we, we could have a ton of big plays like that. Yeah. Like you said, it could have easily been thirty-four-seven. This." This uh this weekend, so I, I'm definitely excited. I've seen enough good stuff that if we continue to improve, we we should be pretty pretty competitive this year.
0: All right, uh, let's get into the Raven stuff before we do. Hey, ball game. Yeah, bro. How about your boy Noah riding the pine and my boy Darth Cater K- Cater <laughs> Cahoo going out there and making some real plays, huh, bro? Come on, yeah, son. Man, yeah, <laughs> bro. And all jokes aside, they got something special in this kid. This kid this is this is th- Nick Needham he's on your heels for that slot potentially. <laughs> they might not have to pay you because they found this kid. so bro, this is
1: this is one of them situations where you see the difference truly in um, a guy that's naturally been playing that position all of his life yeah against a guy that got converted and they want him to play that position just because he's athletic. Big difference, man, and yeah. unfortunately, you know, what I mean, I, I'm still gonna rally for Noah, but I don't, I don't think it's gonna happen. And I'm gonna owe you that money, so it's gonna be all right, though. <laughs> we're in good hands with do it. if they can keep finding gems in on, um, you know, UD, UDFAs like this, bro. We, we're gonna be Whoa. all right.
0: Beautiful, yeah. right? Um, yeah. okay, so today, guys, they signed right tackle Brandon Shell from. Obviously, he started off with the Jets. then he played the last two years in Seattle. Um, he's a guy pressure wise. Um, last year on three hundred and fifty four pass blocking reps, he allowed twenty one pressures, three sacks, four hits. 14 hurries the year before on 499 pass block reps. He allowed four sacks, four hits, 16 hurries for 24 pressures. Um, The year before that in 2019 was actually his worst on 505 pass blocking snaps. He allowed seven sacks, six hits, and 30 hurries for 43. So he's an absolute pressure machine. machine. And the word coming out because guess what? The injury report came out today. Taron Armstead, toe, he's got a toe injury. He was did not participate. They gave him vet rest, but it's also a toe injury. They don't know. McDaniel was non-committal to him starting this weekend, oh. and then Austin Jackson has an ankle injury, and he did not participate. Um, and he is, uh, he's he's going to be out this weekend. So, um, basically, I'm going to ask you guys: Can we survive that defensive front, which is really good? Um, against the Ravens when it looks like if no Armstead and Austin Jackson is going to go, then Little's going to be at left tackle, Hunt's going to be at right tackle, and Robert Jones is going to be at right guard. Okay? And then, obviously, you're going to have fill in the spaces, Liam Eikenberg at left guard, and Connor Williams at center. Um, You know, this is not the stretch. We need these injuries to pile up. Um, how concerned are you about these injuries? We'll start off with you, Richmond. How concerned are you about these O-line injuries piling up? And with that offensive line I just read off, Do can they survive the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore? Where might I add an interesting little quirky stat, since M&T Bank Stadium opened in 98, Miami is 0-4 all-time there. They have not won in Baltimore since October 19, 1997. Floor is yours. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I, and I actually played in that game in '97. That's a long time ago. But I am. I'm Bro, is definitely... that when you had
0: the Gators and the short shorts and you're walking on no, look, the walking by the beach, that, brother? That I'm that. Huh? You don't know
2: that. The drop. Yeah, I am ready for you today. I was listening to a little Red Man and Method Man. you need to
0: listen to <laughs> a little Sauce Money before we started, brother.
2: <laughs> but no, um. To get back on track, Um, both of your starting tackles out, that's definitely – that's a huge concern for me because typically you have one guy that is your swing tackle and to have both of them out, Um, that's – I I was hoping to run, but like you said, with Coach not being uh, committal this early in the season and an ankle injury, it just depends if it's a high ankle sprain or whatever with Jackson that could turn into, you know, a few weeks to several weeks. So I don't know the extent of the injury, but uh, definitely concerned. Um, and then um, so being on the road as well, crowd noise, silent count. Um, this could be ugly, um, but I'm hoping they can work their magic and get it together. I'm, I'm sure coach McDaniel understands what he's going into and uh, maybe some quick passes or screens to try to get those guys to slow down a little bit, but um, or, or maybe bring in a, you know, receiver tight end to kind of help chip chip block mm-hmm. to slow some of those guys down. I'm sure they're going to put some stuff in the offense. You can't do it every play, but this is, this is a huge concern for me to have your two starting tackles, um, I can remember the first thing I thought about when you said that was when um I think David Carr was a rookie here at the Texans and Baselli, and I can't remember who the other tackle was, but both of them were injured and he ended up getting sacked like 70 times that year. And he was he was never the same because he was a pretty good player coming out of Fresno State. So.
0: Yeah, he was very good.
2: Yeah. And, and yeah. uh yeah, you, you gotta you can't He's let a your quarter be, be, I, get I ha- beat up
0: like that. It, it's funny you bring him up, Richmond, cuz I had a conversation with some of a couple weeks ago. Yep. Yep. And you look at how talented that kid was coming out of Fresno. He is the perfect example of why environments and situations matter. Yep. That kid is the perfect example yep. because if he would have the protection coming out and the yep. proper team built around him, you probably he was more talented than Derek. Yeah. Like, people, people forget how good he was coming out of college, but they ruined them right out of the gate. Um, and
2: yeah. I said, you, you don't you don't let a young quarterback, you don't even let an old quarterback get beat up like that. They, you, yeah, you, you just can't. So that's my concern with both tackles being out. And I'm not saying the Dolphins will let that happen to two or any quarterback. But with the pass rushes, the way the guys get up the field, I, I'm just thinking we got to do some screens and chip blocks to try to slow them down and just be efficient and then take our shots when we get them. Because I think mm. we can still take shots at them, but, that's my biggest concern is the offensive line because if, if we can control them up front, we got a shot.
0: Um, ball game, I want to get your opinion on the offensive line, but add on top of that because defensively, um, they have started figuring out the zero blitz in the fourth quarter, and Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson both mentioned the zero blitz today and talking about they basically said we got something for it. We're ready for it this time, and and Harbaugh talked about how they've been thinking about it all summer. The guy's Coach Petty. You know he's had this this mark down since we gave them what we gave them on prime time. So I want to hear your thoughts on the offensive line and also how you would attack them defensively, given how they're expecting the zero blitz. And we saw a lot of zone this past weekend, similar game plan. What would you do?
1: So, yeah, those, the offensive line walls are very concerning, but I think this just puts some motion probably for McDaniels, more quick game stuff, get the ball out quick, let your athletes be athletes. Um, take advantage of the fact that you're going to have a backup corner, Opposite Humphrey, um, hmm. in, in one of the matchups, and um, just play to the strengths at this point. You know, the offensive line is definitely not one of them, but we've got two guys that three guys actually, because I got to include Cedric in there, three guys that can um, they can wiggle and, and and get open, you know, and just resort to the quick game. So, I'm hoping that they employ something like that. I don't necessarily know that the um, the Ravens are really that stout up front, so we might be able to have some. Um, success running behind Robert Hunt um, and kind of in in the middle, but the edge is going to be tough to get outside, you know, because um, yeah, the backups will be the, the guys featured at the tackle positions. But for the most part, as long as they can get the ball out quick, I think we'll have a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, our athletes, our wide receivers are better than their corners, in my opinion. So um, at least at one of the matchups, if if you want, to, if people want to say that Humphrey and Waddle or Wash then Tyreek against whoever else is not, and we win yeah, that one. Yeah, Brandon and Stevens or Marcus Peters, yeah, whoever. Yeah. yeah, Marcus Peters is coming back off of what He's limited, ACL, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not really expecting him to be that much of a force as well. Yeah, it's so, going to be Marlon
0: Humphrey and Brandon Stevens because uh, Fuller went down too, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, he's out for the season with the ACL last week. Yeah. So.
0: yeah.
1: Um. The, and they didn't really – they beat the Jets, but they really didn't beat up on the Jets because they didn't have much in terms of offensive productivity. The Jets has allowed, unfortunately, a couple of things to get loose with, like Bateman, and um, all of the throws were – I don't know. I don't know that, that, that Jets defense is not our defense. So defensively, yeah. I think because Boyer now has shown that he's willing to go to some zone looks, that's going to play in our favor because he can spy guys now. You got a Chan Nintendo. You got a guy that can actually probably run with Lamar to keep him, you know what I'm saying, in the pocket and force him to make throws um, – in the pocket as well, instead of allowing them to get out to run for first downs and things of that nature. Um, the zone right is going to do two things one, it's going to free up the guys in the back end to be a little bit more, um, aggressive in terms of closing up, you know, closing gaps and things off and rerouting, um, wide receivers to so where they want them to go to, as opposed to allowing guys free reign to try to just beat the man to man. And then, two, quarter has got to navigate that and i'm just not 100 percent sure that lamar is the type of passer that's going to be able to effectively be able to carve us up down to down to down like i, I just i don't have that much faith in lamar as a passer to be truthful with you athletically he's probably the tops but you know what i'm saying in terms of a pure passer nah he's not that guy not for me so um i think our offense i know what i know yeah for a fact that our offense our defense against their offense is a win for us too He's got to prove it. They say they want they got something for the zero blitz, but what do you? If you've been going all all off season planning for the zero blitz, and we never show it to you, then what's good? What good is the plan that you put in place? If we can come out and effectively show that we can do other things as well, you know what I mean? Because match coverage will work just the same as a zero can, and we can still get to you. Right? We might not be able to overload you the same way, but that like that Brandon Jones blitz off uh, on Sunday. Right? We went, we went straight strong side, right? Generally, you don't, and you know what I'm saying, you, you, you're going to send the overload if you know that they're going to be blocking it up and the tight end's not releasing. Well, hell, that tight end left. And, you know what I'm saying, people was talking about it was the tackle's position. Well, the tackle took the inside guy, the guy that was directly over his outside shade. Brandon just happened to be the next guy free. I mean, if we get them stuck in a situation where they're trying to get Mark Andrews out into the, you know what I'm saying, out into his pass routes, and we can catch Lamar not even thinking about the possibility of us coming, you know what I'm saying, coming strong side to him, that's going to be murder too. I mean, yeah. we unconventionally send pressure from all different angles, man. So mm-hmm. if he, if they worried about the zero, I think they're going to have a lot more to worry about because Boyer has shown out at this point that he believes in zone just as well. You can get pressure out the zone just as effectively you can out of zero. So I'm not overly worried. I just think that this is a game that, you know, with – Offensive line woes. We have to be a lot more crisper, and the things that we do outside the tackle boxes. You know what I mean. The guys got to get what they can get, keep the ball moving, first downs. Make sure you're getting them and getting all you can get, and getting down so you can get going to the next play. And then you know, hit them and punch them in the mouth. You know, run right at them. Don't run. Don't don't try to run away from them. Run right at mm-hmm. them. Make them yeah. prove to you that they're ready for um, all that you're willing to showcase. That's my yeah. opinion.
0: All right. Finally guys, I want who do you got winning this game? And on top of that, do you guys view this as I, I talked about Harbaugh being a little petty and how they talked about the zero blitz? Do you view this as a revenge game for the Ravens as well? Uh ball game, we'll start with you. Uh, I think
1: every time you anytime you go into a game with a team that won, they've kicked your ass and then you turn around, and you go back and you they, you know and then they kick you they kick your ass and then you go back and you kick theirs. It sets itself up to be a situation like that, and you know it, it's good for it's good for the NFL. It's good for rivalries between teams and across the conference and things of that nature. So, um, revenge—I don't necessarily know. I think it would be a revenge thing if they we beat the ad twice like that. But yeah. I think it's just them still trying to prove to us that they're better than us, and us proving to them that you know <laughs> y'all ain't got nothing on us. We did the same thing to you; you did to us. So I wouldn't necessarily say revenge, but I think it's a key game. In the AFC, that's going to um, determine later down the line. You know, what I'm saying seating and things of that nature, because head. Mm. You know, if you can always get a head-to-head win over an AFC opponent, that's that bodes mm. well for you, especially if y'all end up with the same record down the stretch. So, and 63
0: percent um, of the time, 63 percent of the time, teams have started, teams have started out two and zero in the end. In the end, NFL season, they make the playoffs. There we go. So, so who do you got play. winning?
1: Um. Obviously, I'm going to go with us. Okay.
0: Right. Yeah, you had it on your thing, too. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: to the tune of, um, yeah. I'm going to say 28-14.
0: Ooh, look at this guy. Bold. Richmond, is this Ooh. a revenge? Yeah. Hey, you've been in the trenches there. Uh, you think the Ravens, you saw what we did to them last year on primetime, too, of all things. It wasn't just some 1 o'clock slate on CBS. The whole nation was watching. And, and Tua was the talk of the town after the game, after the second half. Um, do you think they got this circle down? Is it a revenge game? And what's your prediction? Who do you got with?
2: <clears throat> I think uh, I think Harbaugh uh, definitely. He might not publicly come out and say it, but if somebody really gets you and handle you, want to, you want, you want, you, you want to come back from that one and let them know that you know you're not gonna just keep doing that. And uh, so, definitely in the back of his mind for them to even come out and mention the zero blitz. I mean, mm. if it was me, I wouldn't have said nothing. I'd have been like. I'd have played it the other way. I'd have said, you know, well, we're really concerned. You know, we got to figure out what we're going to do against you. But when, you, when you're when you really feeling cocky and you're saying, oh, yeah, we got something for that, this and that, you basically, you're tipping your hand, and and that's something I, I, I never do that. I, I just play it the other way. But um, I, I, he definitely hadn't forgot for him to say he's been working on this all summer. <laughs> um Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think you answered that with the question. I think it's definitely a revenge yeah. game, but um, I think uh, I think uh, when we did the the picks or whatever, I, I picked Baltimore winning. It's it's my heart is always with the Dolphins. I think the, the concern for me is um, the offensive line and the injuries in this snap bet. I'm going. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Yeah, I think it's going to be a much closer game. I'm thinking something like 2017 Dolphins if we pull it out. That'll be huge. All
0: right, I'm going with the Ravens. I'll be the one okay. that puts my head, neck on the line. Um, <laughs> I still think we're going to come out three and one after the first four games, but I think we just don't play good in Baltimore. I mean, we just talked about it. I don't know what it is. Just just. Some it's like I'm a Pittsburgh Penguin fan. We do not play good when we play in when we play in the Florida Panthers building. We, we haven't played good there since the 90s. We have not played good in the Florida Panthers building since the 90s. Hey, they can change it, but because of the learning, because of the, I still think basically prepare for another week of bull crap because uh, I think I think our offense is still gonna show that it's not where it needs to be. And you know, I, I got us taking the L. Now I'll give my score prediction on my Friday preview show on FinSide the NFL. But yeah, I don't, I don't have us winning this game. I think uh, we're going to take the L. So
1: that's fair enough.
0: Um, and the other thing too is if what I'm hearing about Lamar is true, you know that man's, you know that man's going to try and put on a show against us and make Stephen Ross a believer. So, um, all right, final thoughts, guys.
2: Um. My final thoughts I was just thinking about what you said, but yeah, um, the other thing you always got taken into consideration is you know Lamar Jackson grew up in South Florida, so um it's a little extra incentive because yeah, you both, those games, right you, you get, get up you get up for those yeah. games, you're from there yeah. and this and that so uh especially the way we played him the last time and handled yeah. it, it that's on the back of his mind as well, so it's it's quarterback coach, and I'm sure he's been. The coach's been hyping the team up and this and that. And and like you said, for him to keep mentioning that this is a place that he possibly want to land, he definitely wanna shine on the Dolphins and in front of them. If you know, if what he's been hearing that, you know, if two is out of here, you can just go go back to South Florida and play there. But um final thoughts is, you know, I think we're gonna find a way. I think we'll definitely be competitive. Uh, I'm thinking i'm think. i'm I'm hoping we can pull it out I know it's gonna be a tough game and uh but I, I think with coach mcDaniel if we make a few plays and like ball game said you know the quick pass and stuff like that you know if we yeah. can frustrate them and kind of get them off off the deal and be smart with the football we can possibly pull this one out so I think it's
0: gonna be high like oh, I'll go. give my prediction like I said on Friday on my show yeah. on the yeah. other but I do think it's gonna be high scoring okay
2: okay. We'll leave it right there. That's cool. Homie.
0: So, ball game. your final thoughts?
2: I think,
1: ultimately, um, in order to beat a man, you got to be able to consistently beat the man. And if this Dolphins team... Woo! Forward,
0: Ric Flair over here. All right, your Rick Flair drip. All right, let's go. Wants to
1: establish themselves as a team to be reckoned with. You got to go even on the road and put the smackdown on... Whoever it is this that you got guy. on your schedule, so this
0: guy with the wrestling references tonight, for I me, love
2: it, eh? Smackdown,
1: you know they're gonna go, um, and do. I, I, I just like the swagger, man. I like the swagger yeah. of McDaniels, man. I think he's ready to go. Did you see
0: and, the ticks he was rocking? Yeah, do you see the low cut Air Force, Supreme? Air Force yeah, they were nice, bro. <laughs> this guy's out here swagalicious, bro. I don't know what to say. Trying to, uh.
1: Go put the smack down on the candy asses, you know what I'm saying? So, oh, um,
2: candy, okay. Hmm. The cream has to just, the
0: top.
1: I, I, yeah. I, look at, I mean Lamar's one dude, bro, and I just don't think that this group this group wants to allow one. This group's not built defensively to allow one guy to beat them anymore. And let's be clear, they played the Jets week one. We played the Patriots. Patriots have a way better foundation on defense. Against our offense. You know what I mean? Now, you know, Mac Jones didn't look so well against our defense, but it's Lamar, right? It got rid of Cooks. You know what I mean? I mean, not a, what that boy's name was it? They got rid of um, Hollywood. Are
2: you talking about Hollywood, oh, Hollywood Brown? Brown?
0: Yeah. Marquise Brown. I don't
1: believe Bateman is a dog to, to beat X. What do you mean? Did
0: you see that? Did you? Oh, well, I don't know about beating X. Did you see that touchdown catch he had, yeah. though? That ball, look, look
1: how wide open he was, though.
0: Bro, that's Bateman, bro. And they He's lost him.
1: They lost him in the coverage. Somebody somebody, oh. somebody messed up. You
0: that's know what I'm boy. saying? I, I, love I love him, too.
1: I like him, too. You know? Minnesota all the way. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if he can beat X. I agree. Yeah, with that. so... If I gotta, if I gotta run it down, look at it for what it is. I just think we're a better team right now than they are. I think we're on the incline, and they're on the decline. To be, you know, bro, right? I hope I like. I'm wrong.
0: I said before we're yeah. live, bro. I hope uh, y'all are right. I pray yeah. I'm wrong. I yeah, got like candle. like uh, candles. I like candles. I got a faith. prayer circle. I hope I'm wrong, bro. This
1: yeah. is this is me. This is not me being a fan, bro. This is me just looking at the matchup and looking. Yeah, at you're trying the, to be objective. Yeah, the individuals, objective. right? I look at each. Side of the ball, and you know, I think we're equal. Our offense against their defense with the losses that they they suffered, right? Stanley not being there is huge for them, for us. Yeah. So our defense should eat. Lamar gonna have to be running our for front, his life. Yeah. Our front you know was I mean?
0: very impressive against the Patriots. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm 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 just gonna stick with what I said originally. You know, when we made our predictions, I think we can beat these guys, and we need to do that anyway. To to build the type of confidence that we're gonna need down the stretch to actually go into the playoffs and actually, if we have to go on a road, beat somebody. Bro, you know I
0: mean? If we beat the Ravens in M and T Bank Stadium, and then uh, yeah, you you guys already, I already think we're beating the Bills, even if we lose to the Ravens. You know what I'm gonna be thinking if we beat the Ravens? <laughs> Super Bowl, baby. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, like ins- insufferable for like a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bills Mafia gonna put a hit out on me. Um. All right, guys. Hey, always a pleasure. I want to thank everyone for coming. We had over 500 people watching tonight live on YouTube. You can catch the audio on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you stream your major podcasts. Go check it out. The Finish Line, part of the Believe Network, and tonight presented by Finside the NFL. Listen, I will be back on Finside the NFL on Friday. If you're on YouTube, go check it out. And um, I will be giving a full in-depth preview of this game this weekend between the Ravens and the Dolphins. And then on YouTube, I will be live reacting on Sunday for the game. Until next time, everyone, stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. Fins up as always. And we will see you next week right back here at the finish line. Stay safe.
2: Thank you for listening to Believe.